I had fun. Is that a euphemism? We're all drunk on vodka, Kelly. <laughs> Still got it, buddy. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that was expecting the organ grinder, not the monkey. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. Outside of this yard, I don't know you. This is an apartment. Oh. We don't have a yard. Then I guess I don't know you anywhere? Who are you? Wait, how did you even get in here? <laughs> it's, that's a fair question. <laughs> oh, our sectarian differences are so amusing. Welcome back, cousins. Yes. Uh, it's been less time for you. That's right. It it's feels been, like a long time. It's been a significantly longer time for us, I think, <laughs> uh, after I have been on the road for three weeks. It's a long time. I know. Uh, big shout out, though, to Cousins uh, Shell Victory and Malls Rocks, who met up with me in Brooklyn. Uh, I guess it was a week ago, two weeks? Uh, a while back. It was some time. They, they know. They know when. I don't remember. Yes. But uh, it was great. We all got to hang out. It was really fun. Yeah. So uh, I was super jealous. I wish I could have been there. You should have been jealous. It was freaking amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if we are ever anywhere interesting again, uh, we may try and arrange for another meetup. So just uh, be aware. <laughs> right. Be where you are. <laughs> Think about us coming to visit you. Right. And Let perhaps, the podcast come to you. Yeah. Maybe it'll manifest. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Could be. It's the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess let's go ahead and then dive into our telegrams from our cousins. First up, we have a telegram from Cousin Chris, who says, Okay, so I hate to be that guy, but if you are going to make a series entrenched in historical facts, maybe you should check the damned facts. I have finished Titanic BS, and while I definitely like the series and care about the characters, there are some glaring inaccuracies that anyone with five minutes in the internet could easily see. I made a list. Some of these things have not happened yet in the series, but anyone who reads the Netflix description would find this out. The biggest gripe I have is the timeline. The Olympic and Titanic were built simultaneously. Olympic was delivered to the White Star Line the same day Titanic was launched, but the series makes it seem like Olympic was finished before Titanic was ever started. No one really cared about Titanic until it was the Titanic. Olympic was the big deal. Titanic was really just the second banana. Let me use a better comparison. Olympic equals Mary Crawley, the focus of everyone's attention, loved by all. Titanic equals season one in Edith Crawley, a total disaster. And Gigantic, renamed Britannic after Titanic sank, equals Sybil. And they thought they fixed all the problems from Titanic slash Edith, but Britannic still sank after a mine hit during World War I anyways. When Muir rolls out his blueprints for Titanic, they are actually the Lusitania. I mean, seriously, wouldn't it have been easier to get the blueprints for the Titanic? I have them. They are 20 bucks on eBay, Muir. <laughs> get that autistic Italian lady to draw you up some. There is an episode talking about how Olympic was fucked up by a storm and was cracking apart and had to limp home. It never happened. The storm that was discussed was used as fodder for the White Star Line because the ship performed wonderfully and the only thing that broke was some china. Okay, so Olympic was involved in a collision with the HMS Hawk, which the series talks about. It was a huge deal. Olympic was holed in the starboard side at the stern of the ship, yet in Titanic BS, they show the damage on the port side in the bow of the ship. I yelled at the television when I saw it. I was flabbergasted. There are more things I have beef with, but I can't be a Debbie Downer all day. So back to your mirroscopes and enjoy illegally streaming Downton Abbey Season 4 from the UK starting next month. Cousin Chris. Okay. Uh, so a few things. First of all, Cousin Chris, you don't hate to be that guy, nor should you. No, we love when you're that guy. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and this this is great stuff. And it really some of these are startling. Like some of these things, I like see the how blueprint. Like right, didn't they the blue, need the yeah. blueprint in order to figure out how to tell the CGI people <laughs> right. to make it look? Well, like, apparently they didn't tell the CGI people anything because again, that with the the hole being on the wrong side mm-hmm. of the Olympic, like that's all computer generated anyway. It's exactly as easy. Maybe to it's put one of those it, things where in the film it's flipped. Maybe it was the right thing. Uh, well, well, except it was also the port versus the bow, and okay. it's not symmetrical that way. All right, way. fair enough. I mean, I'll, you know. I don't know why I'm trying to defend these people. <laughs> right. We don't like them. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's all really interesting stuff. Illegally streaming Downton Abbey season four. I don't know how I feel, man. Yeah, I don't either. I kind I mean... It kind of seemed like it worked last time when we when we didn't. Yeah, so maybe we'll do that again. Yeah. Sometimes think, it seems like we should and sometimes it seems like we shouldn't. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's tough because obviously Kelly in particular did get some serious spoilers. Uh-huh. Um But I mean there's just no way to avoid it, man. Right. You know, we live in the internet age. Yeah. The information is out there. Yeah, I mean given that they've decided to do it this way. But I did feel like our reactions were better. Yeah. Like, I versus think that, having seen everything. Right. No, and know? I do think, you know, it was interesting for us. You know, we could make predictions without knowing exactly. what Exactly. And they, I think that that's... There's value in that. It's worth yeah. it. So, yeah. So, all right. So, we're going to stick with that plan. We didn't decide until just now. <laughs> all right. We great. just decided. I'm glad. <laughs> great. <laughs> to load off my mind. Well, let's uh, move along with the next telegram. All right. This telegram comes from Cousin Katie, who writes, Kelly and Tom, I just wanted to write to you and let you know how much I adore the Up Yours Downstairs podcast. I was only just recently made aware of its existence through one of my contributors on my website, RecycledMovieCostumes.com, who let me know that you mentioned it in one of your telegrams. Anyway, I immediately went to check out your podcast because it sounded right up my alley, and boy, was it. I spent an entire weekend listening to as many of your podcasts as I possibly could. I spent hours. I didn't leave the house. It was bad. You both are delightful, funny, and insightful. I haven't even watched the third season of Downton Abbey, yet I still listen to the podcast covering the third season. I stopped watching the show in the second season, when Lavinia trips on a footstool, which makes Matthew magically realize his legs work. I believe I hurled some items, as well as some abusive words, at the television screen after that particular episode. Anyway, in the podcast where you mentioned recycled movie costumes, Kelly stated that she would find that sort of thing interesting, so I thought I would send you along some costumes that are directly related to what you review, such as Titanic and Downton Abbey. She sent us a bunch of links. Which we will share with you, again, assuming we don't forget. Right. Probably we won't. Probably. We're we're hopeful. Seriously bug us if we do. Yeah. She adds, there are many more from Downton Abbey that you can explore in the Victorian slash Edwardian gallery. I hope you find these to be fun. Thanks so much again for your wonderful podcast. Though I will not be watching the fourth season of Downton Abbey, I will most certainly be tuning into your podcasts. Katie. That's so cool. It's very cool. And thank you again for running this website. Because yeah. that's really awesome. Like, it, that's exactly the kind of minutia that we like. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of the website. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, and you know what? When I read that the first time, when she was like, oh, Lavinia trips on a footstool and Matthew magically realizes that his legs work, I thought that was a joke. But then when he read it out loud, I was like, wait a minute. That is an actual plot point that happened. Yeah, that's that's for real. I must really love Downton Abbey <laughs> because I have blocked out a lot of stuff. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No, it's it's true. That's uh, God, Lavinia, man. Yeah, Lavinia. Man, what is going to ha- Matthew's dead now? Yeah. Lavinia. But we hated him. Well, we did hate him. 
the as we and, didn't used to hate him. Yeah, we didn't used to hate him, but he became much more hateable. Yeah, looked more and more like a frog as the series <laughs> went on. It was all that time on the French front. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, we don't care if you watch the series. If you're listening to our podcast, then uh, we're we're fine with that. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Next up, we have a telegram from the Dowager cousin Jackie. I wasn't planning to watch Titanic Blood and Steel. I just get the gist of it from your podcast. However, I was bored and it was on Amazon Instant, so I figured why not? Also, I'd run out of True Blood episodes to watch. That show is batshit crazy and terrible and I love it. Now I am six episodes into Titanic BS and kind of puzzled as to why I can't stop watching it. It's not for the nose stash because there has been a total absence of it. Not Nev Campbell's quote-unquote acting for the same reason. The stereotype of an Italian dude who wants to marry Sophia like real bad makes me cringe and hide under a pillow in secondhand embarrassment. Liam Davos Seaworth Cunningham gets more to do, which is nice, but still not enough. So why can't I stop? I think I figured it out. For all that the show is pairing Mark Muir up with conventionally attractive ladies, the real shippy moments happen for me when he gets a few minutes alone with his microscope in his lab. He has more chemistry with that thing than any human female. Seeing him look at the detailed drawings of the metal impurities is like watching him look at Victorian-era nudie pics. <laughs> watching him test the steel for impurities is the closest we'll likely get to watching him make sweet love to the scientific method. So long as they throw a scene or two of that in each episode, I'm in it to the end, no matter how many other dumb-slash-annoying plot contrivances they throw in. Keeping it weird, DCJ. <laughs> I think she actually is the impetus for the Muir scope. Yeah, and no, I think you're right. I don't think we've given credit there, because yeah. I did read this, and then we started talking about it. Right, right. So sorry, Jackie, that yeah. we did not appropriately credit you for our favorite relationship. But it's also an excellent point, because it occurs to me that I think this is exactly the reason why he's into Sophia and not Kitty. Mm-hmm. If Kitty had been the one to wander into his lab one day and talk to him about Steele, then you know maybe he would have uh, been happy to, to wrest her away from Ashley or whatever. Yeah. But they never talked about Steele. He was not interested. Yeah, but you know what? Kitty never wanted to marry him. Well, that's true. She just wanted him for a bit of fun. Yeah. I don't. Well, we can talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a lot of feelings about Kitty as a character. <laughs> right. So we will get to that. Next, we have a telegram from Cousin Michelle, who writes, Dear Kelly and Tom, I was listening to the latest podcast, episode two of Titanic BS, though I am not watching. It is quite enjoyable. I'm writing more about the recap pre-show, though. I was delighted to hear that you were watching and enjoying Orange is the New Black. I just finished the series and cannot wait for more. It satisfies my need for prison shows, as I was and still am a huge Oz fan. I like all of the characters and, spoiler, would like them to move hell and earth to get Miss Claudette back next season. As a Laura Prepon fan, I am enjoying Hot Donna the most. Oddly enough, the character I can do without the most is Piper. Okay, I lied. I mean Jason Biggs. I'm pretty sure he was only hired because they needed someone to convincingly masturbate on screen. Once this Downton gig is over, I think Oz and Orange is the New Black recaps would be fantastic. Anyway, just after you mentioned Orange is the New Black, your banner about America's test kitchen made me have to stop the car I was laughing so hard. Chris Kimball recently married one of his ATK co-workers, but it was not Bridget. They have good chemistry. Do you listen to the ATK podcast? I don't see them as getting it on. I see Bridget as just a really smart person who lets that dimwit Chris Kimball hang out with her. If there are any affairs, I see more of a Lisa McManus-Adam Reed thing going on. And I am fully convinced Jack Bishop will someday poison Chris's maple syrup. Did you know he was from Vermont? America will cheer and Jack will take his job. 
One can only hope. Just when I thought I couldn't laugh anymore, you burst out with Sean Bloody Walsh. Circle of Friends is one of my favorite movies, and Alan Cumming is so great in it. I started watching Masterpiece Mystery just for him. Inspector Lewis is really good, and he is the anti-Linny. Linny isn't even fit to shine his fabulous boots. Thanks for the laughs, Cousin Michelle. Okay, so Lisa McManus is the gadget lady, right? Is she? I think yeah. she has to be. Yeah, because that's the only person left. Well, there's some new uh, chefs. That's true. We haven't been keeping... But I don't think any of yeah. them is Lisa McManus. If okay. we're wrong, please correct us. But yeah. I think she is the lady who... Because that makes sense because it's like the equipment corner, but then she does like all these high-tech gadgets. Right. And I guess Adam's not allowed to touch. <laughs> um, Ever since Interesting. I didn't realize that he recently married one of his co-workers. Yeah. Because he had been married to just some lady. Had he? I thought just some Vermont lady. Yeah, I, I for don't like know. years and like had kids and stuff. Chris Kimball, not Adam Reed. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. I know. Like I said, we've fallen out of touch a little bit. We'll, we'll drop in occasionally, but we're not the dedicated viewers we once were. Uh, I do like the idea of doing a uh, a prison drama podcast. <laughs> yeah. What we could call it, like prison is the new downton or something i don't know we'll come up with a better yeah. fake title for this podcast that Pris- we don't prison is the new abbey yeah <gasps> we don't have time for this we don't we really don't yeah but uh as as fans of both oz and orange is the new black oh yeah yeah we uh we'd have things to say we would have many things to say yeah we just <laughs> and believe me if you had an issue with any of the plot lines on downton abbey you don't want to watch oz yeah you really <laughs> really don't yeah just so everybody knows yeah. like that show crazy it, it almost plays like crack fic about itself <laughs> yes like before that was even a thing yeah Anyway, our very final telegram comes from Cousin Dante. Dear Cousins Kelly and Tom, or Tom and Kelly, whichever. I was recently on vacation in the Caribbean, mainly on the island of Trinidad, and your show got me through the grueling 13-hour ordeal that is traveling. Beyond that, the face of Kevin Zegers on Titanic BS also got me through my layover in Miami. Ew. I want to say, have you ever seen a more beautiful man? No, you haven't. His eyes are like the ocean that swallows up the Titanic. Every time one of the women on the show touches him, I start screaming, Pause off, sister! He's mine! Then I remember I'm a hundred years late. Dante. Uh, Dante, just for sheer ballsiness, <laughs> we're awarding you cousin of the week. That's right. I can't believe anybody feels that strongly about anything really. <laughs> uh, I mean yeah look he's an attractive man oh he is an attractive no man it. and the color saturation does really play in his eyes <laughs> it so does. Uh, yes you know we would like to remind you that Kevin Zegers does still exist oh right but unless it's a Muir thing like if it's like him as Muir well, that might be more difficult yeah that makes sense I don't know where he lives because that's one of those things I never understood why everybody thought John Hamm was so attractive until I started watching Mad Men yeah and then I was like oh Don Draper I get it now yeah but John Hamm is not that attractive like is you know I mean I think he's fine yeah I mean he looks better than me <laughs> right very few people don't look better than me. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Okay, several people. Very few p- people look better than John Hamm. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yes. Well done. All right, anyway, Cousin Dante, <laughs> congratulations. Yes. Cousin of the week. We hope that you and Kevin Zegers will be very happy together if that ever happens. Yeah. Uh, please invite us to the wedding. Yes. <laughs> and that's uh, telegrams from our cousins. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's time to get into recapping. Okay, so first of all, yes. this is actually a double recap. This is Titanic BS episodes five and six. That's correct. Because episode five was the dumbest bullshit. 
We were so angry. Well, nothing happened. Nothing happened. In that episode. You know, we found out, we found out that, you know, Mystery Baby is still alive. Right. Which nobody cares about. (laughs) Right. Nobody cares about his Steel Baby. Right. Yeah, so just, just to sum up the things that did happen, such as they were, uh, he, uh, uh, Muir goes off to the Magdalene house where his baby mama died. Mm-hmm. Siobhan. Uh, yes. Uh, to find out about his baby who is still alive, but nobody knows where. I really enjoyed that nun's performance though. Yeah. Because she seemed like she was in a totally different show. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no, that's true. She just, I was like, you're not acting like any of these other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she's in a Magdalene house, like, you know, which was by all accounts, a dystopian hellscape. No, and I mean, he just waltzes in there. Like, he can just get these answers. And she's all like, uh, listen, bitch, this is a Magdalene house. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody is very uh, angry at him for impregnating this woman. Right. Which I guess makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is the reason she had to die alone in childbirth. Oh, that nun said she wasn't alone. Oh, okay. She was in a Magdalene house. (laughs) There were some other sluts around to comfort <laughs> right. her. <laughs> well, I'm sure that was a comfort. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we also found out that she was not even dead before they took her baby away and, you know, put it up for adoption. Right. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, um, and we learned that word about Muir's Catholicism gets out a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, Eddie uh, Har- What's his name? Uh, Harland? No. No, it's... Uh, we always do this, but yeah. I can't remember their names. Hatton? Hatton. Yes. Eddie Hatton uh, reports Muir's Catholicism to Mr. Andrews. Yes. Uh, we hate Eddie Hatton, like, so much. We Like, do. not even because of this. We just don't like his face. Oh, God, he looks like a toe. He looks like, <laughs> like a big, fat toe. Yeah. Anyway, so he tells Andrews, who tells Lord Peary... Uh, so then, you know, Derek Jacoby gets his Emmy scene where he's like, oh, this city, why, why do we have these divisions? Uh, before being like, listen, you can keep your job, but I'm not going to defend you to anybody. I'm like, um, you're like an old rich dude, right? Yeah. You don't have anything to lose. Lord Peary. So I think the reason that Belfast, uh, still has these, you know, religious divisions is because, you know good people stand by and do nothing yeah yeah uh yeah so they decided to let muir stay and keep his job and we're like okay great yeah so nothing has so again that's many things occur in this episode mm-hmm. just none of them move anything forward no uh yeah because andrea shows up to right. bother sophia and he's like i'm not gonna bother you anymore but then he continues to bother her yeah and just it's the same i want to marry you i don't want to marry you Oh, we think Violette is a prostitute. We do, because she is working in a mysterious place that gets her like... 20, 20- shillings a week. Yeah. So we were like, Violette is hooking. Yeah. That's cool. Um, then Muir goes to some solicitor. This was the best part. This was the best part, because this guy looks like Severus Snape's love child, <laughs> Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Uh, this solicitor. He was great. No, he was, and the solicitor was like, okay, you don't even have a name for this mysterious steel baby. And Muir's like, no, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, very little. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, the baby was adopted. It's not your baby anymore. Yeah. Never was your baby, really. No, it really wasn't your baby. So what's what's your damage? Go back to your steel. Yeah. 
So, yeah, nothing happened in that episode. Right. To the point where we watched it and were so uninspired that we decided to watch the next episode and not even recap that one. Yes. So, you know, if you were looking forward to all the snark, <laughs> uh, it's not happening. It's it's not. Didn't Connor get fired or something? Uh, he is fired at this point as we pick up episode six. Okay. I don't remember which uh, Oh, episode. okay, because wait, this is what happened. It did happen in that episode, didn't it, where... Uh, the Olympic had that collision. Right. And so the Olympics damaged. They've had to split up all the crews working on Titanic. Right. Uh, and they've brought in all these unskilled laborers that yeah. are slowing everybody down. Because if you recall, everyone is paid by the rivet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how the non-riveters are paid since presumably they are doing some other shit. Right. But uh, the, like, the, they're it's, all... not, it's not all rivets. <laughs> it's, the, sh- the, the ship is composed entirely of rivets. I don't know anything about building a ship, Tom, <laughs> but I know that that is not true. All right, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, so this is pretty much where we are. If we need to fill in any blanks, we well, will do so. Yeah. Just listen, we're just sorry that everybody watched episode five because yeah. it was kind of the worst. It was, it was disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. But onward... Episode six, very exciting. That's right. Episode six, the imposter. <gasps> dun dun dun. <laughs> I hope it's about a Michael Jackson impersonator. <laughs> that seems unlikely. It does seem unlikely. Although this is the sort of scrappy working pl- class background that he came from. It's true. Also, you know, cousin Chris did point out that there is a lot of inaccuracies. That's true. <laughs> so. <laughs> That might have, no, uh, he's going to steal some rivets and be like, you've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. And they'll be like, are you a Catholic? And he'll be like, no. And they'll be like, all right, come on. Join our rivet crew. <laughs> rivet. We will, we will, if that happens, we will let you know. We, spoiler alert, we've already watched the episode. It <laughs> Fine. Sorry, dudes. Yeah. Um, oh, but also one thing that I wanted to bring up is that just by the way, just randomly looking at the New York Times website, uh, yesterday. Yeah. And by golly, if, uh, 46 policemen and three civilians weren't injured in rioting in Belfast yesterday mm-hmm. here in 2013. Yeah. Because, uh, some Catholics were trying to have a march, uh, in what the Protestants felt was a provocative manner. And so they threw a bunch of paving stones at them. and Rosaries ablazing, huh? Uh, pretty much, yeah. So that, you know, Lord Peary, while he should have done more, you know, the fact that here we are 100 years later and it's still going on. Yeah, that's true. He perhaps couldn't have solved the whole thing. I don't think that I, he no, could no, no, have no. solved the whole I thing. Know, I Nobody's know. saying that. Yes. I'm just saying that, you know, it takes a village to heal the rift in Belfast. Right. Clearly. Yeah. He was not perhaps as impressive as his rhetoric might have led you to think he would be on this. Well, look, I didn't think, look, his rhetoric was clearly bullshit. (laughs) Right. Like, that was my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has this rhetoric. He can see the problem. Right. He can see, I mean, seriously, I just don't understand it. Like, well, yeah. Because, look, okay, so a hundred years ago, Irish, uh, I'm sorry, Protestants and Catholics mad at each other over these differences. Right. You know, depending on what denomination they were, they may have just been cosmetic. Right. You know, because Church of England is just Catholic light. Yeah. Uh, But like now, a hundred years later, everybody is much more aware that there's so many other religions in the world. Right. But the thing about it is, and I think we see it in 
a couple times actually in this episode is that it really is, you know, it's not about religion so much as it is about, you know, it's the same thing as race. It's who you're descended from, even if they are, you know, they're all white, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as we see it. But to them, like, that's why, you know, he changed his name. You can't just claim, like, or Michael McCann is Michael McCann. And as soon as you hear that name, you know that he's a Catholic. From the wrong side of Belfast. Right. And it really... If Michael McCann was to convert to Protestantism, he would still be a second-class citizen, I think, because right. he's of, of that descent. Okay. And, I mean, it's the same problem with, you know, uh, Israelis and Palestinians. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I don't know. Get your shit together, world. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got bigger problems going on. Yes. <laughs> Here at Up Yours Downstairs, we would officially like to ask people to stop being racist. Yeah, that would be great. So could could you get on that, everyone? Yeah. Florida, looking at you. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's work on this. Yes. Well, that should clear things up. Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, in a, in by the time the next podcast happens, I fully expect we'll have been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> even though it's not even time for that to happen, they'll be like, we're making an exception. These podcasters... They get shit done. Yeah. Uh, so if our podcast is delayed, it's because we're accepting the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. And we're meeting President Obama and probably Beyonce. <laughs> oh, man. Wouldn't I that hope- be great? That would be great. Okay. So the- <laughs> as yeah. far as the actual so, show. <laughs> yeah. This has been fun, but we have a whole thing to do. Right. So we start off with Sophia and Anna Gunn, and Anna Gunn is being a downer about the whole Mirafia relationship. Look, I just really feel like she's just going to be a downer forever now. It does kind of she seem like that. She was a sour person to begin with. <laughs> right. And then her husband got shot. And so she is just going to be, like, super dull. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's saying, what do you know about him? He's different. Uh you know, it's never going to work out. You're from two different worlds, etc. She asked him something like, have you asked yourself any of these questions? Right. And I'm like, no, the show's writers certainly didn't. Why <laughs> should she? <laughs> so, I, at this point, I feel bad for the woman playing Sophia because I feel like she's trying to act the shit out of a very underwritten character. Yeah. I feel like she has a lot of facial expressions. Yeah, she does. And I, and it's like, she has like chemistry with Kevin Zegers mm-hmm. and... It just there isn't, you know. I feel their like chemistry she has is the, to look at things a lot and yeah. infer things as the character, and then you're like, why? Yeah, why are like, you doing this? I feel like their acting chemistry is doing all the work mm-hmm. for the for that relationship. Yeah. The the writing is doing nothing for it. No, because every time they wind up, I'm like, wait, do you know each other? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like you just randomly kissed her. Yeah. They don't talk much. They they don't talk much. <laughs> Michael comes by, storms by. He is looking for Connor, mm-hmm. who apparently just stole sixpence from their mother, Mrs. McCann. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just it was lying on the table. It was what she was going to buy, you know, food with. Yeah, and he just took it and waltzed off. Yeah. Uh, so Michael tracks him down at a pub, drinking with Violetta. I think it's Kelly's. I yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the only pub they go to. <laughs> yeah, I it's th- probably the only one they're allowed to go to. <laughs> that, that may be true, but yeah. It's, it is rather, I was, uh, rather scandalized myself. Yeah. I mean, I guess just because I shouldn't have been, because I should have known from Michael's treatment of Connor that, that, that Connor was really an asshole. Yeah. But we hadn't quite seen him be this assholey to me. When you're talking about literally taking money out of the mouths of your entire family. Right. Who 
are the only reason that you have a place to stay after yeah. you got drummed out of the army. Yeah. But so Michael gives him what for in front of uh, Violetta. Yeah. Is it well, Violetta or Violetta? I've been saying Violetta. I think the Irish people say it Violetta and then the Italian people maybe say Violetta. That may be true. Anyway, but so he goes after Connor and Connor's like, hey, don't do this in front of her. Which, let me point out, Michael first says, come on, I need to talk to you outside. And he's like, no, anything you have to say to me, you can say in front of her. And then, ah, jeez. Guess what, everyone? We don't like Connor. Yeah. He is the worst. He is the worst. And then, after all this, Violetta, like, takes Connor's side. She looks at Michael and is like, meh. And I'm like, bitch, can you not see the difference between a good tree and a poor tree? <laughs> yeah. Like, just because you want to hang out and, and make kissy faces and drink beer. Right. At like, this if point, he's stealing money from his own mother... Like, you think you're going to have a good life together? Yeah. Well, but I mean, okay, I'll say this much. I don't know that either of the Silvestri girls are super interested in getting married. Well, fair enough. For reasons that we will see later. However, you'd still think that she'd have some self-respect. Yeah. I mean, look, we've all gone for the bad boy. Right. Maybe not you. (laughs) Generally, women who date men and men who date men, we've all done the bad boy thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know... At some point, you get a wake-up call. Right. This seems like a really great opportunity to have a wake-up call. Right. But she is not having one. Yeah. At this point, I wrote, Violetta, you best be hooking. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, I don't know how you're going to support this freeloader. Right. Well, because he says he's only borrowing it and he's going to pay it back. But he has no job. He has no job. Like, And from what we've seen, no chance of holding one down. Yeah. Like, ever. Or making any particular effort to get one. Like, yeah. Like, just... Yeah, so that's that was pretty horrifying. So, after spending this evening with Violetta, he heads off home through the dark alleys of Poor Town. <laughs> and I love Poor Town. <laughs> uh, I do too. Uh, but it does have one problem, which is the goons that infest it. Yes. Uh, so a, a couple goons are following him through the shadows. These are actually the goons that we met in the previous episode. Who were listening to him, you know, blab about shit. Right. He detects that they are following him and, uh, like, ducks into an alley and lets them pass him and then confronts them. Yes. Um, he asks them, who are yous? And, <laughs> <laughs> and they answer, uh, we're people who know grammar, jerk. <laughs> That is not, in fact, what they say. No. Yeah. So, hey, guess what? Turns out they're Fenians. They are Like, Fenians. real Fenians. Mm-hmm. Not Lord Grantham just calling everybody Fenians. <laughs> right. Uh, so they're like, hey, uh, can you keep your mouth shut? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, okay, great. Because uh, we heard you talking. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, listen, I'm not here to criticize your, your recruiting methods. Right. But isn't the fact that a person... Like, this doesn't know enough to not badmouth the British in a pub to the point where you've overheard him. Right. Like, ah. but, it's, but it's the old it's the old Fight Club problem. How does anybody ever find out about Fight Club yeah. if the first rule is not to talk about it? You know, you gotta, you gotta find a balance there. Yeah. 
Anyway, so, but, like, the guy, like, shows him his gun, and Connor's like, are you going to shoot me if I say that I won't keep my mouth shut? Oh, right. Like, seems like that would cause you more problems yeah. than me being like, oh, these Fenians showed up the other day. Right. Also, it seems to make his answer less reliable, because he's definitely going to say yes if you're threatening to shoot him. Yeah. Like, he'll give you the answer. Yeah. But in any case, I mean, you know, the fact is, he seems like a pretty... You know, yeah, he's unreliable and everything like that. But when you're running an outlaw military organization, I think, you know, Connors seems like he's going to be pretty middle of the road as far as your recruits go. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he's going to be like a shining star. Right. Not suicide bomber material for sure. Yeah, but, you know, you can trick him into doing stuff for you. Yeah. I hope it pays. (laughs) I hope so, too. He owes his mother sixpence. (laughs) Uh, so Sophia and Mark pass each other in a hallway at Harlan and Wolf, and uh, he takes her hand and fondles it for a second. He's like, are you all right? And she's like, no, I'm wearing too much blush. Yeah. And this color saturation makes that obvious. <laughs> it's true. And uh, I really didn't like her lapels. So basically, because he skipped town to go find out about his dead baby mama. Right. And she's like, uh, you told me you had to leave for business and everybody around here has been like, oh, he was sick. And she's like, what the shit? <laughs> right. And he's like, uh, listen, I'm really not good at anything <laughs> except steal. Right. No. And honestly, I just, I'm not even shipping these people anymore. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, why are you both such morons? Yeah. Well, again, I mean, it's, it's this whole, if Mir's backstory like, if he was just a secret Catholic and he was just, you know, like, that part of it I get, and it's part of the whole Belfast thing, but the whole rest of it with his dad and no, the dead wife well, and the baby, like... Even I, with just his dad, like, even just him having well, this alcoholic yeah. dad, yeah. fine. Yeah. But, like, again, spoiler alert, secret baby comes up only in the very briefest of ways toward the very, very end of this episode. Yeah, for most of this episode, it might well not even you exist. You honestly could have just skipped from episode four to episode six and basically almost not miss a beat like, yeah you would need a like there were a couple things in episode five that set up like yeah like connor basically the riveters the connor getting fired and the, and the riveters like that aspect of it and but, you know uh it's just asinine we're we're very disappointed we're very very disappointed <laughs> yes plus you would you would miss uh andrea in episode five who not in episode six such a breath of fresh air yeah like oh Thank God. He yeah. finally found a Smith's album. <laughs> he went to hang out with his weird friend who sells stolen merchandise. Right. They're drinking, you know, like toilet sangria. <laughs> I don't know. They're just I don't they're know off. Either. They're doing something different. Perhaps he is finding one of the many, many women who are interested in Italian men. Right? Which is probably a lot. Yeah. He's a very attractive man if yeah. he just stopped moping around. He could do just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so down in the the actual shipyard, uh, Stephen Ovenbake introduces a new. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Stephen Ovenbake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, uh, a new man to Michael McCann's crew. He is a skilled riveter, which they're all, of course, pleased to hear. And his name is Neil Sutherland. Uh, and Stephen is introducing the other members of the crew, and he says, Michael McCann, something Armstrong. Bill Armstrong. Bill Armstrong. And Neil Sutherland's like, whoa, 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 whoa. McCann. Oh, another one from the wrong side of the city. Rah, 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 rah. It's like, dude, where have you been? Like, yeah, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> they are. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? Yeah. 
And so Stephen Oven Baker's like, uh, if you want to quit, quit. Otherwise, shut up. I'm out. Also, I don't know if it's this episode or the previous one, but Stephen Oven Bake has a variety of mustaches. Uh, you're absolutely he right. He has a variety of mustaches. <laughs> one of them is like more gray. And yeah. The other one, like unless it's like him and his dad and they do double duty or something. <laughs> but like there was a like he's in one scene and then he shows up in the next one like. Five minutes later, completely different mustache. Yeah. It's like sometimes it's twirled up more, sometimes it isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it, it is odd. It's like they ordered all these mustaches for Chris Noth, and then they were like, oh, wait, he's not even in this show. <laughs> right. Seriously. They're, we- like, they're like, listen, we can't write off these mustaches unless they all get used. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Chris Noth? I don't know. Maybe. He's in the credits. I know. As is Neva Campbell. Maybe Mir's baby is hiding in Chris Noth's mustache. <gasps> that's a really tiny like basically adult at this how yeah when when did did all this happen i feel like it gets mentioned in this like eight years but i could be what i that could be totally wrong leave that baby alone yeah baby probably got passed off to some nice family of non-alcoholic steel loving (laughs) weirdos yeah like let it go. Let that. Oh, yeah. I'm just so mad because he's not gonna let it go. He's not gonna let it he's go. He's not gonna let it go. It's Chekhov's baby. It is Chekhov's baby. Yeah. That means it's drunk on vodka. <laughs> We're all drunk on vodka, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Mark Muir is doing more of his Cassandra act to Pyrian Andrews uh, about uh, basically in this case he's found problems with Olympic that he thinks are replicated in Titanic with tiny microscopic cracks in the steel uh, and he says that the reason is that they punch the holes in cold plates rather than hot plates uh, and if they were heated then they wouldn't develop these cracks that will doom them all the worst thing about this is that literally everything he tells these two they already know yeah he's not even telling them anything that the industry is unaware of right the industry is aware that these practices are better they're just not implementing them yeah and i mean the I, longer this goes on the more sympathetic i feel toward andrews yeah he's definitely become way more sympathetic well and because he does like you can see that he does take this stuff seriously mm-hmm. like he's not just like oh blah 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 like he's you know doing the best he can to balance the engine as it, he says it is a commercial enterprise yeah it's not the military, Mm-mm. you know. And so, yeah, it's... He says it's, it's the uh, perennial conflict between the engineer and the accountant, mm-hmm. which incidentally is the name of my Muri Andrews slash fic. <laughs> wow. Guess which one's the accountant. <laughs> 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 Saucy. Uh, um, yeah, so he leaves a whole mess of things... With uh, Lord Peary. Yeah. Which he tries to take away from Lord Peary. Right. Lord Peary's like, leave this stuff. He's like, no, seriously. Like, he like practically slaps his hand and is like, leave it be. Yeah. You dirty, dirty Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we did learn, actually, what was mildly interesting to me is that Cunard does heat their plates, but it's only because the British government gives them like a, A a, a grant. And because the White Star Line is an American company, mm-hmm. which is fascinating to me that they build their ships yeah. in Europe. Yeah. I guess there's probably a bunch of like reasons for that, Cousin Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. This is called Up Yours, Lazy Stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, I don't know. Are there shipyards in America? 
I would assume there are, but I mean, I think, you know, if you're building the biggest ship ever, there's probably a limited number of shipyards that you can build it in. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, you know, Great Britain isn't like an island. Yeah. And well, several and plus, other islands. You know, there's always reasons to outsource, you know, certain things are cheaper, different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that was some interesting engineering knowledge that may or may not be wildly inaccurate, apparently. Yeah. So we see... Uh, McCann and Sutherland receiving their pay for the day, which is an unimpressive amount. Indeed. And we also see Peary and Andrews discussing what they've learned. Um, and Peary is considering, like, really going to the board and, and fighting for these changes to be made. But at this point, I mean, my question about that is, like, even if they do decide, because they would have to, like, rebuild the whole hull, right? If they want to hot punch the rivet holes? Well, but that's why he actually suggests an alternative, which is double hulls. Right. Yeah, because they, they do make that point that there's already, you know, they can't redo everything. They can't everything. unhull the <laughs> right. ship exactly. at this point. Yeah, so he suggests that they have a double hull instead. Which has not been done for 50 years. Yes. However, he does bring up our old friend Brunel. <laughs> yes. Who uh, was the subject of a conversation with Nev Campbell. That's Back right. When she existed. Yeah. Before she was raptured. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she's a Protestant. Yeah, I, I do too. I think probably. I would think. Because I mean, I'm anti-Catholic sure... sentiment would have still been pretty uh, yeah. high in the States at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I it's think... not that. I guess it's like 50 years after the potato famine. Yeah, but I mean, I think even when JFK was elected, it was an issue. That's true. Okay, great. Yeah. So probably she's not Catholic. Probably that is the case. Unless she also has a secret past. <laughs> Which we will never learn about. We'll never learn about it. Yeah. But yeah, and and so he, he's like, you know, the double haul would cost this many pounds, but look how many pounds it's costing for the Olympic to be out mm-hmm. of service. Um, yeah, so Peary's considering it. Yeah, Ismay's been on the phone. Yes. A lot. And like, hey, bitches, like, fix my ship. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's pushing them to, to you know, get the Olympic bout back yeah, out on the, the sea. This is the classic uh, Ismay of lore. Right. Uh, you know, being very concerned about pinching pennies and, and demonstrating uh, the greatness of various things yeah also just a, a minor note uh when Peary's talking with ismay he calls him mr ismay which of, of course that's his name but i was struck by the fact that lord Peary answers to mr ismay and it's this you know this whole overturning of the aristocracy the times they are a change in speaking of which michael mccann is addressing his union brothers and rabble rousing them about the fact that you know, they're getting penalized because they're being paid by the rivet, and now they have these unskilled workers slowing them down for reasons that are entirely not their fault. Yeah. And they can't, you know, they can't live on the money they're making, and they should go on strike. I love him. Yeah. He's so great. He's, he's such an attractive ginger, and he really, I think, is the most interesting character. Yeah, no, we've become major McCann supporters. He's got, like, a thwarted romance going on. That's mm-hmm. fun. He's doing all this union stuff. His best friend died. Yeah. His sister's ugly. Like, yeah. there's a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, and, and just, you can Well, and see... it seems like it's unanimous. Like, all yeah. of the riveters... Yeah. You know, some of whom may not necessarily be in the union. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I think that there's, I think it's sort of at a proto-union stage yeah. at this point. 
because they don't have you like they don't have a strike fund. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're going on strike, they just have to not go on strike yeah. and hope they for the best. Tighten their belts. Yeah. So Andrews explains to Peary that uh, the Riveters are going on strike, mm-hmm. and and explains why uh, the board naturally displeased. Uh, God, they are just never happy. They never are happy. For people who are so rich, they're awfully whiny. I know. They say, you know, there's like, this is blackmail. And Peary is sympathetic to the workers. And Mm -hmm. and really, I mean, he gets really angry at the board. Yeah. And he's pointing out, like, you know, fine, be dicks about it. That won't help you. Like, the the Riveters, you know, we've got... We have already hired all the riveters there are. Yeah. If we don't have these riveters, we have no riveters. Mm-hmm. You know, so playing hardball with them isn't, ag- it's, he says it's a false economy. Uh-huh. You know, they're going to lose money by playing hardball with them and they can make more money by paying the riveters more and getting them back to work. Yeah. It's moronic. It is moronic, but they're morons. They are morons. Uh, so as morons, they vote darn near unanimously to refuse to negotiate. Mm-hmm. After which, Hatton winks at Carlton, which is just sort of odd. No, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you guys together? <laughs> Did you make like take a bet before this? <laughs> like, what's going on? It's like, mm, you know how much I love oppressing the workers. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as much as I love winking at you. <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah, apparently. Uh, so Violetta goes off to work, and she is working in a pub. Which, which we find out again, not in any way that is compelling. Right. Like, we still thought she was hooking. Right. So she goes off, and then her dad's like, I hate that she's working, you know, blah, and then we're like, what, he knows that she's hooking? Right. No, he just knows that she's working in a public house. Yeah. And he's he's pouring out his woes to uh, Mrs. McCann. Yeah. And she is not that sympathetic. No, she's like, hey, uh, your kids are way better than my kids. Yeah. The one is ugly and sad all the time. <laughs> Michael's all right, but he's on strike. And then the third one is a dick who stole sixpence from me. Yeah, after like, getting fired. Yeah. Like, so your daughters both seem like they're doing okay. Yeah. And uh, Pietro uh, talks about how he feels like his wife is looking down on him and thinking that he has failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sympathizes with him about being alone, and uh, she makes her move. She seems to be trying to get a little Pietro in her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he is an attractive dude. Yeah, I mean, I think I I think this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I, I like the scene actually. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I did too. You know, because Mom and McCann got two good scenes in this episode. Yeah, yeah. No, and and you know, I mean, Pietro is is uh. You know, he's all right. He's, uh, you know, wrong about a lot of things. Yeah. But you can see that he's trying to, to you know, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know what it is. Uh, so at the uh, the union hall or, or wherever it is that they meet, uh, Michael's, you know, sort of rallying the troops because, you know, they're all starting to feel the pinch of not yes. making any money. Um, and he's like, you know, I know it's tough, but we just got to stand. It's tough for them, too. We got to stick together. Mm-hmm. They need us. And, the you know, if we hold out, we're going to win. And everybody applauds. Connor drops by Violetta's pub. He doesn't have a job. Might as well. <laughs> um, and he lets her know that he might have to go down south for a while. Uh, and Violetta... She's like, is that a euphemism? <laughs> right. He's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Violetta wants to know what it is because she says she hates secrets. 
So you're maybe barking up the wrong McCann here. Yeah. But the other McCann, much less secretive. Yeah. But he says, like, all you have to know is uh, nothing. Yeah. He's, <laughs> listen, I'm already asleep. Right. This plot is stupid and boring, and I hate it. Yes. Peary talks to Muir, I don't know where, somewhere at the shipyard, because Peary wants to negotiate with the workers, but is not allowed to, and he wants Muir to use his contacts among the, you know, the rabble to set up a, a meeting with, to set up a secret meeting with McCann so, mm-hmm. he, can, he, so he can negotiate without getting in trouble with the board. Yeah. Uh, then we get a scene at Carlton Manor. Where uh, Lady Carlton is is hanging out, and Pietro is ushered in to see her. And I'm like, what? Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, But he is there essentially to beg for Violetta to get hired again Mm -hmm. by Lord Carlton. And, you know, Lady Carlton is like, oh, why did she get fired? And he says, is that March? And she's like, oh, tut, tut, tut. Uh, it's beyond tut, tut, tut. Well... She is a real bitch. Yeah, and well, I mean, it starts at tut, 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 and it escalates. Oh, wait, right. Yes, because she's like, oh, I know it's hard for her to be out of work or whatever, and he's like, oh, she has a job in a public house. And she's like, oh, wait, it would almost be better to be destitute or Uh a lady of the night. Yeah. And we're like, what? Yeah, neither of those things is better than being a bartender. Yeah, like, Wow. No, she is cross-eyed, first of all. Yes. And, like, just, I don't know, she made me want to set a Whole Foods on fire. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, like, know what oh, that would accomplish. No, like, if you were wondering why violent revolutions have ever happened... Yeah, it, this lady is why. Yeah. I mean, she's just so, oh, I think, you know, I think it's probably for the best that she got fired and will, you know, be a burden on you forever and a shame... You know, like, yeah. because people need to know their place and to know the rules. And if they don't follow the rules, then they deserve what they get. Yeah. And, I mean, here's how horrible she is. Pietro is, like, she turns Pietro into, like, a radical. Yeah. Just in this Pietro scene. Pietro goes, hey, guess what? If there's a rule and it's a bad rule, it doesn't deserve to be followed. Yeah. And she remains cross-eyed. And she's like, I don't understand. <laughs> Why are you still addressing me? Yeah. She's yeah. like, get out of here. Yeah. Go, you know... Go bust a freeze or whatever. Yeah. Like, she makes Lord Carlton look good. I like, know! Was he was at least conflicted about the army moving <laughs> Yeah. Like, wow. We were stunned. Oh, maybe she'll get shot. Ooh. Maybe Connor will shoot her. That would yeah. redeem Connor. That would redeem Connor and is absolutely not out of the question. Ooh. But you know what? That would make sense. Well, we'll see what the Fenians get up to. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, it's like when, uh, you know, Branson, you know, sat that castle on fire or whatever and you right. know, danced around it in the firelight <laughs> I just, I just, singing his heathen song I know, i'm just thinking of him like i'm just like dancing around that's a fun image yeah drinking some whiskey yeah if you're feeling sad i i strongly encourage you to think about branson dancing around a, a burning, burning castle yeah oh man <laughs> Next, we see Muir and Sophia walking by a stream. And she is wearing an amazing hat. Yes, she Her is. Her hat is the bomb. Oh, my God. You're right. It's one of the best hats we've seen in the course of this podcast. Yeah, it's an excellent hat. It's yeah. like it's bigger than a fascinator, mm-hmm. but like it's not too big. Yeah. She's clearly ahead of the curve because mm. uh, Kitty Carlton is still wearing those big old like picture hats. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's sort of, I mean, it makes sense to an extent, although not to another extent, because she's Italian and in Belfast. But, you know, I, I can certainly would think that Kitty would be behind the curve just yeah. because of where she is and who her well, family and her, is. Well, and her, yeah, her family is extremely conservative. Exactly. So. Uh, but in any case, this is where Sophia is like, you know, as she is troubled by Anagun's questions and is trying to figure out what's been going on with Muir. Uh, I don't know that he really answers. Does he answer her questions? No, dude. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, because she's like, I feel like I don't know you. And he's like, oh, you will. <laughs> like, you totally will. And I'm like, mm, I don't believe you. Yeah. Like, you sh- if you have questions you want answered, get them answered before you put out. Like, yeah. That's a good rule of thumb for anyone uh-huh. of either gender. Yeah. This is, you know, from up yours downstairs to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, but in any case, he wants to get the... He- Passes the message on to McCann through Sophia. Yes. And they smooch. Uh, at the McCann's, Mrs. McCann is talking with Anna Gunn about the fact that they've got, like... Uh, some- she says they have a cup of oats, and she says two grown men and her to feed. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? One of those grown men doesn't need to eat, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, indeed. As soon as he took your money, you should have been like, get the shit out of my house. Nobody likes you. Yeah. Go away and you smell bad. Yeah. Which is actually where they end up, too, because by the end of it, because, you know, they're talking about how, you know, Michael's, you know, a fighter. They say even when he was a baby, he was a fighter. Mm -hmm. He killed that other baby that time. (laughs) (laughs) It was Muir's seal baby. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I don't think the timeline matches up on that. Well, perhaps not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but still. Um, and, you know, they basically come to the conclusion that, you know what? It's McCann. He's he's going to win this fight. We just yeah. need to hang in there. And Anna's like, yeah, listen, Connor can fend for himself. I, I forget exactly what she's proposing. But she's yeah. like, listen, we'll do these. Oaths, we'll- she says she'll go borrow some food from Sophia. Yeah, that's which I'm right. I'm like, how come you didn't already think of this? Like, Well, you know, I think. I know you don't want to be rude. Yeah. But, you know, come on. Yeah. She's trying to get with Pietro anyway. It's like, you know, two birds with one bowl of porridge. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, so we see Connor getting led into the Fenian clubhouse or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's meeting the top brass. Yeah. Um, and they, they tell him to sit down in Irish, as the subtitles say. Sit down in Irish. Man, I got which, some beef with the subtitles. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all... And, I mean, I may be wrong about this, but isn't it Gaelic and not Irish? It should be. I would think. Um, yeah, and then... So the whole episode, it kept saying chuckle. Like, people were chuckling. And right. And, like, a chuckle's like... <laughs> like, it's a chuckle. Yeah. We all know what a chuckle is. But it would just be, like, people, like, smirking. Right. There were no chuckles whatsoever. No. And there were... I mean, at least... There were a good five times that it would say chuckled in the subtitles. They that... had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. So... Uh, so, you know, F you subtitles, <laughs> that's basically. Right. Uh, so anyway, they're, they're filling Connor in on the Fenian, you know, deal. Um, he says, he says we need to raise money, uh, which Connor's clearly no good for that. No, he sucks at that. Yeah. He's, he's like, like do listen, you, do you want me to steal money? Cause I can steal money. Well, I already stole all my mom's money, so that's out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And so they're going to. So he says, we need to raise money. We are getting this shipment of guns from Germany. Like, those are two entirely separate 
things. Yes. Like, so th- that was odd. Uh, but in any case, Connor passes their test or whatever. And so they, they swear him into the Fenians. And he has to hold a Bible and a gun when he's making the oath, which I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, there's, is it a boy thing? Like, I think I just, it's a boy okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care about that. Well, you know, it's like uh, we're religious and we kill people and we swear secret oaths in our clubhouse. You know. Okay. It's like Calvin and Hobbes sort of thing. I guess so. Anyway, <sighs> somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. Probably a dude. I would imagine. <laughs> So Anna Gunn is talking to Sophia, and because Sophia has explained that Mir wants to negotiate, that Mir says Mir Piri, wa- yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Mir has told her that Piri wants to meet with Michael McCann, and Anna Gunn like flips her shit. Yeah, and I like, don't understand. I, I told you he was just using you. It's like really. He's also, been dating you first from- <laughs> of all, I don't think she ever did say that. Right. You were just like, get your information. Like, that's good advice. Yeah. But like, but Sophia doesn't have anything <laughs> right. that he wants. And also, why, yes, he's been doing this for, you know, months or whatever, just in case someday he needed to pass a message to Michael McCann. Yeah. Yes. Who he's spoken to. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, and they're like, I mean, they are like, hey, Anna Gunn, why are you so, like, weird about this? Yeah. And she's like, well, ever since Walter was betrayed, and I was like, was he betrayed? He was not betrayed. I mean, he was shot. Like, he was I mean, definitely shot. But, yeah. like, nobody, like, you know, the, the army was never on his side. <laughs> right. The army was never like, Walter. Yeah. We like you, Walter. We're, we're not going to shoot you. We're definitely not going to shoot you. Yeah. Armies never say that. Yeah. If you get shot by the army, it's never a betrayal. Their whole job is shooting people. Yeah. So just steer clear of the army is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, Michael McCann, though, a little concerned about the whole Sophia Muir thing. Uh, as well, he kind of sh- – I mean, look, yeah. He's, yeah. he's trying to look out for her. I mean, they don't know that he's Catholic. Right. Right. Uh, well, exactly. They don't know anything about this guy apart from his piercing, steely gaze. Right. Which is fine, but it's no basis for a relationship. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. But he's just concerned. He's mm-hmm. like, ah. Yeah. You, you know. maybe want to tread lightly here. Yeah. Perhaps find out anything about him. Anything at all. Just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have an alcoholic father? <laughs> Does right. he have a dead baby mama named Siobhan? <laughs> like, these are all good questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. They are. <laughs> Those are the first questions I asked you when we started dating. I was like, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> but only because it is physically impossible. <laughs> right. You are a sucker for the Siobhans. I know. <laughs> Uh, so Mark is at Kitty's engagement party. Which he was invited to in the previous episode, and Sophia right. saw this happen, and then was an, uh, like, she was just an idiot, and she's like, oh, why do you talk to that lady? And he was like, uh, I mean, it was, it could have been interesting. Yeah. He was like, no, no, I'm just going to this party. It's like the last time. And I'm like, uh, famous last words, Mir. Right. And I don't know. I, I just think... I just think you shouldn't go to her engagement party if you're breaking if you've broken up with her. I yeah. think you should uh, send your regrets. They weren't dating in the first place. Well, I know she's been engaged the whole time. I know, but since he decided to stop her from you know jumping him all the time, I know. Yeah, like, are you sure she's not going to try to make another move at her own engagement party? Like, she's clearly got some boundaries. <laughs> yeah, because she really might. She really doesn't like Ashley. Yeah. 
I mean, and with good reason. Mm. He can't even tell you where the coal that his company supplies comes <laughs> from. So, like, right. you know, think about that. Yeah. No, and it's like, so he gets in there and we see Kitty and it's like, are we supposed to feel bad for you? Yeah, because she's Cause all like... Because at this like, point, she's really worn out her welcome as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah. I get it. I think, you know, I think, I don't think we are supposed to feel that bad for her. I think that, I think, I think she's more self-aware about how she is basically fine and not you know, yeah. that, that this isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, I would feel bad if I had to get married to Ashley. He's really the worst. Yeah, like, I'd be kind of down about it. Who would you rather marry, Connor or Ashley? Um, whew. Wow. Here, here. Let's play Mary Fuck Kill. Okay. Connor, Ashley, or uh, Eddie Hatton. Oh, okay. Killing Eddie Hatton. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd have to say... Fuck Connor, marry Ashley, because I feel like you could keep Ashley in his place after yeah, a while. Yeah, he's not going to steal from you. Yeah, yeah, you could you could train him. Yeah, he'd yeah. be all right. He just yeah, he just ugh yeah, yeah. he's gross looking. <laughs> this is true. Uh, anyway, well that was less interesting than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I had fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> all right. How about uh? Peary, Muir, and Andrews. All right. All right. Hmm. Yeah, that's more challenging. That is more challenging. I think I'd marry Andrews. Okay. I like that. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, All right. I find the idea of having sex with Muir or Peary to be pretty distasteful. Fair enough. But I guess I'm going to go... Muir, just because he's young. Yeah. You well, know, Perry's lived a full life. I Let's think kill that's that the way guy. to go. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks good for his age, but... But he's just like, he's totally white. Like, yeah. He's entirely no, he, white. He is. He looks like Casper. Yeah. Like, there's nothing unappealing about him, but he doesn't... There's no, nothing... There's just... No. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, uh, I'm i more interested in Muir's steel rod. <laughs> there you go. You know, I've noticed these last couple of episodes, far less blue than he really? used to be hmm. or not i mean not necessarily his gaze but like his you know clothing and his general like he used to be like just a blue beacon in every scene he was in maybe blue is meant to symbolize protestantism and as he <laughs> moves further and further back into his catholic identity he gets less blue yeah that could be it it could be it that doesn't make much sense but you nope. know this is titanic bs we're Look, talking about after cousin chris's telegram all bets are off i'm like oh clearly making sense not a priority for these people we've lost all faith in you titanic bs oh tom we never had any faith to begin with i know are we still at kitty's engagement party yes. okay uh great so we're there <laughs> right uh yeah like you know god papa comes along i don't know i i feel like they uh have some more sinister rich people talk yeah it's just you know it's a party yeah what are you gonna oh do? right because kitty's trying to like set your she's like oh here why don't you go hang out with my cousin like she's a good sport and i'm like when you say someone's a good sport i don't know what you mean <laughs> right like do you mean she's down to fuck like what? <laughs> which which is fine but you know he's look Mir has no problems in that department. No, man. He has to beat people off with his steel stick. (laughs) No, in fact, he does have problems in that department, which is that he can't get women off of him. Yeah. 
Yeah. He really seems like he likes sex, though. He does. He keeps having it. No, that's true. I mean, he's... Yeah, he could resist more if he wanted to. He really, probably, given the birth control scenario... Pro- and I look, yeah, you know, it's happened before. Yeah, you would think you would think you'd take a break, particularly from the, yeah, premarital. When you find out yeah. that you fathered this child, yeah, without your knowledge, like you might be like, oh, maybe I'm more potent. Like how many, <laughs> how many mini mirrors have I littered around <laughs> this planet in my yeah. many travels? <laughs> yeah, no, he, he has been all over. Yeah, Nev Campbell's face. <laughs> <laughs> that's why she's not pregnant <laughs> uh that 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 would work <laughs> wow all right <laughs> perhaps let's leave this party now yeah look i'm done i'm out that okay was great moving on so we're like in the woods right with the in fenians the, yeah and by the way there's a few times in this episode where there's this like scenic landscape shot introducing us to to a scene that's any anytime they're outdoors in ireland they're suddenly like wait a minute this is ireland we should be showing you know emerald hills and whatnot yeah we're not in the shipyard anymore (laughs) yes uh so yeah so the fedians are like you know moving through the woods and then we see this dude and i'm like you're dressed awfully nice for an irishman (laughs) uh Turns out he's a German. Yes. He is, in fact, the German they are uh, purchasing arms from. Mm-hmm. So, like, they get up to his, like, you know, position, and he, like, busts open this chest full of uh, guns. Yes. And then one of the Fenians is like, okay, let's negotiate a price. Right. And I'm like, oh, I can now see why the fight for Irish independence took so long. <laughs> uh, because you didn't feel the need to work this out in advance? Right. Although, also, to be fair, I am have questions about the German guys. Like, this German guy is like, here, I've come by myself. I'm handing you this crate full of guns to the five of you, and now let's negotiate a price for the guns that you already have and you outnumber me, like, in the middle of the woods where no one can see. Like, that is not a strong bargaining position. I have a... Look, these people all have a lot to learn about being parts of various terrorist organizations. (laughs) Yes. It's just... ugh. It's yeah. a miracle that they're all still alive. <laughs> Although we didn't, we don't really see what happens, so maybe they do shoot that guy. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain we won't. <laughs> yeah, this show's not very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so McCann arrives at Peary's house and is greeted at the in the lobby by uh, Muir. Muir, and he says. No disrespect, but I was expecting the organ grinder, not the monkey. And I'm like, you know, just saying no disrespect at the beginning of a sentence where you call somebody a monkey, like, that's not enough. Uh, You know what, though? I wrote in all caps, Michael McCann. That dude can get it. You know what? I'm going to marry Michael McCann. I'm leaving you for a ginger labor organizer from 100 years ago. All right. Well, I can be the fuck. He is the Mary, and uh, you know anyone else can be the kill. I don't care. I'll kill. Um, I will kill. Uh, Andrea. Oh yes, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Sorry, that took so long. I was like, I know there's someone I hate on this show. <laughs> Who is it? Yeah. 
Uh, but he also... Oh, yeah, because he's like, uh, hey, why don't you not fuck over Miss Silvestri? Yes. And uh, Mir is like, I'm kind of a bad person. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, on uh, Counterpoint, she's pretty hot. She is pretty hot. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, but Piri does arrive, and his negotiation is basically that uh, they both need to win, uh, you know, which is a reasonable point. And so he says that the deal is he will give in to their demands if they will agree to train up all the unskilled riveters so that they can get uh, both ships ready in time. Mm-hmm. Which isn't I, that what they were doing in the first place? Right. I I don't technically. Yeah. Like like do they get to work overtime? Yeah. Like that's what. Like if you're saying that they will, you know, put in an extra hour a day or something like that yeah. on training or or something specific like that. But I mean they. They can't help but be training the unskilled men. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's... So I didn't really see what Lord Peary's side got out of that. I don't know. Like, and I mean, as I know that as far as Lord Peary's concerned, he was would have been happy to just give them their demands. Right. So, but, you know, he has to, like, look a certain way, so... Yeah, I, and I just... These are the questions that if I was, you know, Carlton or whatever, I'd be asking. Like, yeah. what did we actually get out of this? Yeah. But in any case, uh, they shake hands. Deal is done. But, like, te- I don't know. I don't, because, like, technically the board has voted not to negotiate. Right. So then how can he negotiate and then take that to the board and say, hey, remember how we weren't going to negotiate? I totally negotiated. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, I mean, Carlton's upset about it, but that doesn't seem to matter. I don't know. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. Well, and it's unclear exactly how the power structure works there. All I mean, we know is that Mr. Hatton winks at people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After every vote. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, man, can you cut it out? Like, God. They're like, read the bylaws. The vote isn't official until Hatton votes. Samir <laughs> <laughs> so and Sophia are hanging out in the mirror cave. And apparently, Pietro has to go off to Derby. Darby? Uh, Derby. Derry, actually. Derry, that's right. Uh, and for some, he's got a job or something yeah. down there, and so they have got the weekend free to go away somewhere, uh, which they're excited about. And as we all know, Violetta's no snitch, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so they're gonna go somewhere, yeah, together. Even though uh, he is a lying liar, full of lies, <laughs> right? Uh, but he's you know hot apparently, mm-hmm. so yeah, according to everyone, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's that's enough for the two of them. So at the Carlton place, Kitty is bitching to Ashley about various things. And this actually gets back to my point. Like, she's going to have Ashley under her thumb that's in true, a few years. That's true, because she comes in and she's, like, yelling at him. And she's like, yeah, where's my drink, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ugh. And then he, like, goes and pours himself a drink. Right. And starts drinking it. And he's then talking to uh, Lord, Carlton. Lord Carlton about... The Welsh coal miners have gone on right. strike. Yeah. So everybody's on strike. And right. then Kitty comes in and she's like, bitch, that's my drink. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right, ma'am. <laughs> right. It's going to be a whole Marcy Peppermint Patty thing between them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did write, Kitty does sort of rule. Like, yeah, yeah. There, uh, there's so many things about that character that I enjoy. Yeah. It's primarily her interactions with Muir that I find baffling. Right, agreed. But, and not even the early, like the early yeah, days. Yeah, at first it made sense. But then it was like, what, do you, what did you think, man? Like, he's a doctor. Look. 
Muir puts people under his spell, and there's nothing to be done about That's it. That's true. No. Um, but Ashley reveals that he has been investigating Mark Muir at Lord Carlton's request, and that he has found out that the college that supposed that he Imperial is, College Imperial College has never issued a doctorate to anyone named Mark Muir. Junk, junk. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Law and order. Steal victims unit. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate. Yeah. Um I don't know what happens next. (laughs) Uh back at Harlan and Wolf, Hatton is all snippy to mirror as as usual. And then Andrew summons him to see Lord Peary. This is, by the way, like the end of the workday when Andrew summons him and Muir's all like looking at his watch and like, uh, 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 but he, you know, has to go because, mm-hmm. you know, Lord Peary's in charge. Yeah. So then we see Sophia waiting at the train station. Yeah. Alone. Uh, although this is completely stupid. Right. Because then he winds up being there. And also right. I was like, yeah, wait a minute. The trains run. Yeah. Pretty freak. Like, that's how trains work. Right. I mean, besides an argument for why it's so great that we all have cell phones now, but it really, because yeah, there's, Peary has a little meeting with him and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going with the double hall. We'll need to get the board approval. Let's, let's plan out the details. And then he goes off with Sophia and they go off on the train. Yeah. So like, why did that happen? Why didn't, why was that necessary? I don't know. Because it, it's not like later she's like, where were you? And it's like building into her distrust of him or anything. It's I just know. nothing. No, no result of that. It's just, yeah, it's very boring and weird. And also, like, uh, he has literally spent this entire episode, and we didn't even talk about it, every time that he saw Eddie or that he saw Andrews and was like, oh, oh, uh, have... Have they looked at my proposal? Right. Are you talking about my proposal? What about my proposal? Yeah. Like, he won't... Sh- like, even at the... At, at the engagement mm-hmm. party, Andrews yeah. is there, and he's like, what about my proposal? And Andrews is like, you need to take a hit. Yeah, he, he is. He's like, it's you like, need to calm down. This is a party. Yeah, he's like, this is perhaps not the right place, dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and that's where he's like, remember, I'm on your side here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is why we're marrying Andrews. <laughs> right. And not Mir. Yes. <sighs> Speaking of not marrying Muir. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> so, yeah. So, they're walking along a dreary Irish beach. Yeah. <laughs> which, look, the rolling majestic Emerald Hill is fine. This beach... Uh, Depressing. Yeah. And, like, Sophia's got her hair down, which you were not a fan of that look. I was not. I felt indifferent about it. I well, don't know. It was, it was, like, just... It was, like, messy, you know? Cause, I mean, because it's up all the time. And yeah. so it was just, like... I don't know. I didn't like it. All right. I didn't like the way it framed her face. Fair enough. <laughs> Wait. Mary, fuck, kill. Sophia, <laughs> Violetta, and a gun. Wow. Um, hmm. I think I would marry Violetta. She seems pretty, like, on top of her shit. Well, uh, I would kill Anna Gunn. This is unquestionable. Right. And then I guess I'd bang Sophia. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'd go with that. You don't have to agree with no, me. No, you know what? I might... Because, you know, Violetta did, like, defend Connor, which is kind of a black mark against her in my book. So I don't know that I'd want to marry her. Mm-hmm. So I might, uh, I don't know. I might marry Sophia, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
And then uh, Violetta just seems more fun to me. All right. No, I mean, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. I think saying she's there. a better communicator. All right, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, back to the beach because uh, Muir is like, oh, if you could do anything, what would you do? And she says she would design. She would make beautiful things that were also functional. Yes. And I'm like, boy, you two well, really are peas in a pod. And, a boring, boring pod. And his response to that is. Nobody else would think of something like that. I'm like, I'm sorry, if by nobody else you mean everybody else. Yeah. Like, that's what thinking is, <laughs> is designing <laughs> things that are beautiful and or functional. Like, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> he is not of this world, Tom. He is from the planet Steel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He has come here, and the power of the yellow sun... <laughs> makes oh. him into Supermure. Speaking of which, I just this moment figured out what that beach reminded me of, which is the Coldplay video for Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I built a ship. I built a ship for you. And it was Hull's Double. <laughs> Yeah. So they uh then uh they're in their room mm-hmm. and uh Sophia comes out in her lingerie, which is yeah. more clothes than I wear when it's cold outside. <laughs> right. But uh, still. But he's put on the phonograph. Yeah, the phonograph of doing it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> uh and so they like, you know, start kissing and it's all romantic and everything. Uh, but I'm like, uh, dude, those records only lasted like two minutes. You should get going. Uh, to be fair, Muir also only lasts about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. I mean, when you've got women throwing at yourself like... When you've got women throwing themselves at you like that, like, you don't need to develop the skills. You, you don't know? need to develop the skills. And it's very, like, with, like, Kitty, it's like, you know, oh, hey, yeah, that's chop, true. chop, buddy. <laughs> like, there's a stable boy waiting for his horse. Yeah. Like, we need to get going. <laughs> Oh, Liam. I miss that guy. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I wish wish this scene just cut away Liam in the corner with a horse, just giving him the nod. He's like, you still got it, buddy. More like, you still got it. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Next, we get a meeting of the Council of Evil. Oh, (laughs) So it's Carlton and the Hattons and Ashley. Um, and they have decided that Hatton the Elder uh, should stand for Parliament. Lord Carlton has mm-hmm. decided this because uh, they're worried that... If the liberals get in, yes. that means home rule will then be a foregone conclusion. Right. And he's saying, you know, if we're not careful, we could find ourselves in the minority. And I'm like, you're already in the minority. That's the whole thing that Catholics are complaining about. Yeah. Is that the minority is running everything. Like, that's, that's the whole I thing. I think that's why it really surprised me when um, Sutherland was like, oh, like another. I'm like, what do you mean another? Like, they're everywhere. Right. I know I already said this, but it's no, like, I know. You know, there are more Catholics than Protestants. Why are you surprised? Well, and like, it, it seems to Particularly be. Particularly in skilled labor. Right. In the, like, at your last riveting job where there were no Catholics, that seems. Also, know. where are you coming from that you weren't already working here? Well, you know, there's. There were some small riveting jobs <laughs> going on, you know. <laughs> I seriously doubt that. There were just, you know, your little bespoke handmade riveting, you know, 
for the discriminating clientele. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Let's get back to the <laughs> yes, the council of evil. <laughs> right. Uh, and they they quiz Hatton the younger about Mir for a while because they didn't realize he had been staying with them. Why is everyone on this show a fucking idiot? Ah, uh, well, it's because the writers. That's true. Are idiots. So, in any case, it comes out that Mir is Catholic. It's revealed to the Council of Evil, despite the fact that in the previous episode, uh, Andrews told Eddie Hatton. That if Eddie Hatton said anything about Muir being a Catholic to anybody, Andrews would take that as a personal betrayal. Yes. However, somehow, Eddie at this point feels empowered. Well, you know what? I mean, he's like, a favor for Lord Carlton may well outweigh a betrayal of Andrews. That may be true. But again, why doesn't Eddie Hatton work for his dad? That is a very good question. Why does he work at Harlan and Wolf? I... I don't know. Perhaps all of this will be answered in episode seven. <laughs> Perhaps so. They're saving it all for the uh, the follow-up behind Blood and Steel. Yeah. They're not doing that. Um, and also, Kitty eavesdrops on this conversation. Well, because she like comes in, and right. it's just like, standing there, and her dad's like, what the hell do you want? <laughs> and she's like, fucking never mind. I hate everyone. <laughs> yes. But she eavesdrops, and she overhears them you know, discussing how to destroy Muir, basically. Right. Uh, then we get a little Mirfia afterglow. You know, they did it. It was great. They're both happy. Uh, but then it's the next morning, and they're like, the train! Yeah, and they run really off. Yeah, this is a odd transition, too. And, and they run off, and they leave Kevin behind, and it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> they get a ride back with John Candy. <laughs> I wrote, clearly does not have a big dick. And I can only think that I'm talking about Muir. Yes, you were. I, we were just talking about him and his prowess and how he has none right like he's just he's not confident enough to have a large penis right and we're we're confident that that is the case and he attracts these strong women and i think it's just because they feel like they can control him Mm, i don't know it's really weird i think that makes sense though i think because you look at sofia versus violetta like Mm -hmm. violetta is interested in connor because he'll be like the dominant one yeah that's versus sofia who's interested in muir because he's like all poncy and looks in his microscope all the time Maybe that's why I want to marry Violetta. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm the star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stole sixpence from my mom one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, clearly, Muir is not packing very much steel. Right. Is our feeling. That's our feeling. Do you, <laughs> do you think he hot punched her rivet hole? <laughs> Look. <laughs> I think, look, it is clearly established that her rivet hole has been heated ever since she saw him. (laughs) Other question. Yes. Is Sophia a virgin? Excellent question. I feel like, I don't know when or how she would have lost her virginity, but she does not seem at all intimidated by this. Right. Or nervous, or in pain. Like, right. this seems pretty chilled out. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And I mean, look, we are in the Edwardian period. People were a little bit more profligate mm-hmm. than they had been. 
But yeah, I mean, she was. But I mean, but look, and, but she's not coming at this from a British, like you know, she's coming at right. it from the Italian. No, I know. And you know, obviously, her father is extremely conservative. Yeah, but as yeah, but from that background, as a Catholic, she has no hesitation or reservations at all about hopping into bed with. No, Mara. and I mean, this is why I wish that they were writing her character better because I yeah. think she's a really interesting character mm-hmm. who's willing to do this. Yeah. But we don't have a good sense of why. I mean, look, we all, you know, we all understand that she's been written to be attracted to this guy. He's attracted to her. Right. But yeah, but the question of, of the sexual attitudes is, is a real one. Mm -hmm. Cause like with Kitty, we see it as just her being rich and just it's a a toy for Mm -hmm. her, you know, and that's, that's fine. But this, you know, I don't. And again, pregnancy. I really wish more shows. I mean, and this goes even for, like, contemporary yeah, shows. Yeah. Like, you know, you never see people, like, putting on condoms and, right, like, right. dealing with these things. But it's like, okay, so how many people could be pregnant by Mira at this point? <laughs> yeah. I guess just two. But, well, uh... that we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Um, you went to college. <laughs> <laughs> people have sex in college. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> a while ago they wouldn't be pregnant anymore oh well okay well fine I'm I, 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 about currently pregnant okay on this show all right that's fine uh okay anyway we are very curious about sophia and why she would do this yeah and we don't expect that to be addressed we really don't yeah so uh, carlton confronts peary mm-hmm. with the revelations about muir um, and he, well, cause he basically says he starts off with the no doctorate has been issued thing to then force Peary to admit that yes, his name is Marcus Malone and that he's Catholic, you know, yeah. so he, he, you know, he confronts him with that and, uh, is like, uh, so obviously he's fired. Yes. And Peary is all like, rah, 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 rah. I'm like, what does he do there again? What right. is this job telling you all things that you know, but then you don't want to do anything about them? Like, right. Great. Good. Uh, like this is probably the best use of the company's money <laughs> yeah. that has happened since Mir showed up is firing him. Yeah. Like you could uh, maybe pay your riveters some more since they're actually doing things. Mm-hmm. And he's just daydreaming and, you know, sticking it to your draft drawer lady. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, maybe it's improving her work. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> She's more relaxed. <laughs> She hasn't even gotten back to work yet. <laughs> yeah. We have no way of knowing how having sex has affected her performance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kitty pulls up outside of Harlan and Wolf, and the implication... What, what, what is she wearing? Well... She looks like an insane gypsy. <laughs> uh, perhaps Mira's rejection has driven her insane, and... <laughs> Into the arms of the gypsies. <laughs> no self-respecting gypsy would wear what she's wearing. Well, fair enough. Um, she, she just started. <laughs> <laughs> There's a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, but she's out there, you know, the implication is to warn Muir what he's about to walk into. Right. Uh, but speaking of walking into things, <laughs> she sees him walking with Sophia. Yeah. Again, he and Sophia are doing a terrible job of having a secret relationship. It's awful. They're doing a very, very bad job. They're, you know, like practically making out at work. I know, which you can't do. No. Like even in today's enlightened society, you yeah. can't do that. 
you cannot make out at work. Yeah. Or on your way to work. Yeah. Or with a Catholic when you're supposed to be a Protestant. <laughs> yeah. Like these are all very basic rules. That are well understood. He grew up in Belfast. <laughs> Why is he acting like this isn't a big deal? I know. And I mean, as is Sophia for that matter again. But anyway, so Kitty is like, well, fine, then I'm leaving. Which, you know, like, he already broke up with you. He can date somebody else if he wants. Yeah, but. and I mean, honestly, like, I don't see what her warning him about this in the first place is going to do. Well, yeah, that's also a fair I point. I mean, and plus, which, this whole thing is bullshit because he's in the room at the end of the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why, this is why ending, like, that, this structure, which is a common structure, is... Yeah, like, I'm not, no. Like, I mean, because we already know that, like, the Titanic is going to build and be shoddy. Like, mm-hmm. so that whole conflict, and, you know, they can't avoid that aspect. Yeah, we all know what's going to happen. Right. But mm-hmm. don't tell us even between, more... Okay, so look at, okay, Breaking Bad is coming back. Right. You know, tonight. Yes. Uh, so look at like that structure in the previous, you know, season five mm-hmm. starts out with this flash forward. Right. But you don't know how anybody got there. Right. You don't know what's going to happen after that. Yeah. You can't do it in something like this where it's already decided. Yeah. Like, yeah. why would you already spoil something for us when right. most of it's already been spoiled? Exactly. Anyway. Moving on. So Hatton, all full of himself brings Muir to uh, Pyrian Andrews. Uh, Eddie Hatton. Eddie Hatton, yes. Hatton the Younger, the toe. Correct. Toe Hatton. Ugh, <laughs> that guy. He really... We, can we call him Hatto? <laughs> Let's not confuse things. All right. Um, but yeah, he is the worst, and he brings Muir in to uh, you know, the board, and they fire him, and he's like, ah, well, shit, bye. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's... You know. But then... This next bit, yeah. This next bit is pretty solid. It is. So out in the the drafting room, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Hatton is bragging about how he's getting Muir fired, right? And and, he's, and he's how he's talking, a Catholic, and he's talking to a guy standing by him, but clearly speaking so that everyone can hear him. Anyway, so he starts talking shit about Catholics, mm-hmm. and Anna Gunn takes a bottle of ink and throws it in his face. Yeah, and it looks awesome yes like sometimes they do a nice job on this show yeah so he fires her right and you know it was really only a matter of time she's clearly a time bomb yeah that whole mccann family man yeah they're a mess uh anyway and then because he's also saying typical feckless catholics he knocked up some lady and abandoned her and she died in childbirth so sophia's hearing all of this having just uh you know given it up right uh, premarital style. Right. And so she's Possibly like... Possibly pregnant herself yeah. for all she knows at this so point. So she's crying yeah. because this is happening. Yeah. Uh, and... Because he fires Anna Gunn. He's like, oh, maybe you want to join your friend, Sophia, because, you know, Catholics stick together. Right. Uh, and uh, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, that last scene was uh, was solid. Yeah. That was actually affecting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, there's six episodes left in this miniseries. There sure uh, are. Perhaps... Finally, with the uh, dismissal of Muir, we'll finally get the Noth stash back. Yeah. I mean, I would think we'll have to. I think that's that's how he must be coming back. Yeah. Is, you know, J.P. Morgan comes in and throws his mustache around and things get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not too much of the Muir baby. Right. But I doubt that that's going to be the case. No, that, that, baby's, that baby's going to come back and... Uh, Turn out that the baby is a skilled riveter and. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> It'll save us all. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, up, up yours, yours downstairs. downstairs. Luncheon out.